0: Well, hi there. Welcome to the program. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. It doesn't matter how your day is going so far. Maybe you got up on the wrong side of the bed. The day's not going well for you. I don't know. I don't know how your hump day is going, but I'm telling you, I guarantee you this. Your day is going better than that of professional golfer, Mr. Phil Mickelson. Four. Yes, we begin this hour with another ongoing installment in our segment, Who is Sorry Now? Well, oh, thank you there, uh, little Connie Francis. For you, thank you, Connie. Appreciate you being with us. Golfer Phil Mickelson apologizing for comments about the Saudis and a proposed super league for golf. And KPMG now has become the first of his corporate sponsors to announce an immediate end to the partnership with the golfer. All right, what happened? What's going on here? Mickelson telling an author who's actually writing a book on Mickelson that the Saudis were behind a proposed breakaway rival league were, quote, scary mother expletives. Scary mother expletives to get involved with. He also said, it was worth getting in bed with the Saudis despite their history of human rights abuse if it meant a change to the PGA Tour. Here's the quote. We know they killed Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post columnist, and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. And knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Now, Mickelson says that his comments were off the record. The author says no such thing was agreed upon. And now Mickelson has said, quote, It was reckless. I offended people and i am deeply sorry for my choice of words and that is today's I'm sorry now. <laughs> there's always you know it's just an endless supply of those stories each and every day somebody is saying my bad i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just eating this shoe leather over here All right, coming up on the uh, program, careful where you drive. Have you noticed the condition of the roads right now? Pothole season is upon us, and I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing, but it's as bad as I've ever seen it. I don't remember. I mean, you know, we get these years where we get the heavy, heavy freeze and thaw cycles, and it can be bad, but Toronto right now is terrible. We're going to check in on how you can actually get money back if your car has been damaged by a pothole and we're going to check in what's going on in Hamilton and London, as well as those roads are also taking a beating. We're going to get to that also later in the program, we're going to evaluate Canada's contribution to Ukraine. The latest in the situation, what's going on there. There is uh, reports of a cyber attack, uh, this morning, uh, carried out from Russia on Ukraine. We're going to get to that, but Hey, quit crying. Let's get to it. Our top story. All right, our top story today, masks for kids in schools. Uh, Quebec has announced that it will no longer require school-aged children to wear masks in classrooms as of March the 7th, though they will continue to be required in common areas and on school buses. And this morning, the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, said that Ontario should strongly consider following Quebec's lead.
1: I'm very encouraged Quebec Public Health is going this direction. I think it's appropriate to get children back to normal where they can learn in an environment that is easier and more comfortable. I believe Ontario should strongly look at this. The province has experienced very strong vaccination rates and, you know, it certainly sets up an environment where we can make these moves to get back to normal.
0: So to get back to normal, and the mayor says we should really look at it, Now, this announcement uh, in Quebec comes on the heels of officials in Alberta lifting mask mandates for schools earlier in the month. Alberta also exempting children under the age of 13 from its mask policy in all other settings. And Tiffany is a teacher here in Toronto and has this to say.
1: I think masks should be gone tomorrow. I can see what it's doing to my students, the problems it's causing in my class. Put your mask on, put it on. We're always fighting with them. They just want it off. I also have a daughter in in kindergarten, and I see she's tired of wearing it. At lunchtime, they they can't rationalize. They're going, well, at lunchtime, we take it off, and we're six kids per table. What's the difference? So at least in the classroom, if they could remove it, it would just make the world of difference. And to see their friends smile and they're already tired of it. They're already seeing that it's not fair. They've talked about it. I teach grade six, and they're saying, "Why are they not wearing it at the Super Bowl?" And here we are with our masks. And I'm going, "I know."
0: I've had that conversation, you know, in my family as well as we watch sporting events, and there they are, cheek to jowl, nobody with a mask on, and like, oh, what, why are, why are we wearing masks?" But not everybody believes that this is the time to take the masks off for kids in school. Dr. Kashif Perzada is an emergency room physician in Toronto, joins me on the line. Uh, doctor, I know you got kids as well. Uh, you think it's too soon to take the masks off? Yeah, I
1: think so. Like, you know, everyone wants to go back to normal. Um, we don't, you know, no one wants to wear these things forever, but you know, the problem is uh, most, about half kids between five and 11 are still not vaccinated and no kid under five. I have two of them at that age are vaccinated. So they're still in danger you know, we went through a pretty easy Omicron wave, like most people who got it got a very mild illness because they were vaccinated. We haven't been able to protect the children below 12 that way. And if we remove the mandates, we're putting them all at risk.
0: The counter to that argument would be that for, you know, kids, that the, the odds of a negative outcome from COVID, even if they do get it, is very rare. How do you respond to that? It's
1: not as rare as you think. Like in America where they haven't had uh, masks in school as much as we have, about 20 kids a week are dying. So about three per day. Um, you know, we have 10 times less population, the number will be less. But even if you look at all our numbers compared to theirs, we've had almost no kids dying of COVID because we've been more careful. In Ontario, we've led the way in our schools with upgrading ventilation. So we're kind of on a winning streak. In Canada, we only have one third of the deaths of the US. Uh, we've seen what a disaster things have been down there. A million people dead we've been careful so far there's no reason not to be careful now wait until you know all of these kids can get vaccinated and then i think we can drop these mandates
0: but the vaccination uh, rollout i mean it's available for kids but and and you rightly point out that the uptake has not been that strong and so you know if we don't get the uptake on the vaccine um, can we ever take off the masks in your opinion
1: I don't know if it's, like, you know, in
0: Newfoundland and
1: Labrador, they've had like a much better uptake. I think they've just been more, you know, trying to educate people about the benefits of it. I think there's a lot of misinformation that, you know, somehow into getting the actual infection is better than getting the vaccine. There's a lot of that going around. It needs to be countered by, by you know, the public health officials, by, by our Ministry of Health people to say that that's not the case. Vaccination, even for children, is the best road to protecting yourself.
0: Right, because there's this, and I've heard this too, this sort of chickenpox, you know, party kind of attitude about well, it's best that they all get it, and then they get the natural immunity.
1: It's definitely not chickenpox, not from what
0: we've seen, you know, kids, uh, and it's rare, like, thankfully, we've
1: been careful in Ontario. We don't see them very often, but when we see them, they're quite sick, uh, kids with COVID, especially young kids less than five, the ones who still don't have a vaccine available for them.
0: I, I, we're in this kind of odd space right now where we have the premier saying, you know, people are done with it wash your hands. We got to move forward. We're, we're hearing this from our political leaders right across the country that it's, you know, it's time to move forward. Are, are you concerned that we're just moving too quickly because what we're, we're seeing other places, other parts of the world move forward?
1: You know, that, that's the thing. Like every politician wants to be the one that beats this, right? But we're the ones, you know, common people have to live with the long-term issues. Um, you know, we were lucky in Canada. We've, you know, we have 90% of our adults are vaccinated. That's why if many of you, your listeners got Omicron, got a, you know, a runny nose rather than ending up in ICU. You know, by, by doing things carefully and proactively in Canada, we've done so well. And now we're kind of a victim of that success. We think it's not a big deal. But if you lower your guard against this thing, you're going to end up with all the problems other countries have had. And so I think, you know, stay vigilant We're we're nearing kind of the end of this thing. Like it's it's once these kids get their shot at being protected, I think we can lower some of these things like masks. Um, we've got, you know, good ventilation in schools. That's, you know, we're on a winning streak. Let's just keep it going, I think.
0: Uh, Dr. Prezetta, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so kindly.
1: Thank you. Stay safe.
0: That is Dr. Kashif Prazada, who's an emergency room physician in Toronto, with the other side of the story about masks in kids in schools. Uh, as we began this program, we talked about what Quebec is doing, what Alberta has already done, and what the Mayor of Brampton is calling for, which is for Ontario to strongly consider lifting mask mandates for kids in schools. The Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Kieran Moore has indicated that they must remain in place for some time. There's no indication that Ontario is moving in this direction, but you certainly see the pressure that is on the government. And you certainly have heard from the Premier, his thoughts on, well, you know, we just have to, we have to get going. We have to live with it. We have to get back to normal. And there is no question, I don't think anybody is going to argue the impact on kids and that it has a negative impact on kids. I, I, I think that's kind of a false argument. And you hear this when people say, well, it's, you know, we need to take away the masks. I'm not coming down one side or the other on it. I, I, I just think that you can have a discussion about the safety of, ki- of children. And also on a separate ledger, have a discussion about the impact of masks on kids, on, you know, their learning experience, what it's like, you know, to try and put a mask on a toddler. Uh, Patrick Brown talked about that, talked about his own son today. It's like, you know, Good luck. You know, he's got a four-year-old. Like, good luck keeping a mask on a four-year-old. I mean, those are real concerns. But at the end of the day, you heard the doctor there. Is it too soon? Like, we are winning. We are doing well. Do we stay on that track on the Alan Carter radio program?